0: It is somewhat of a sign of the times where you look at this matchup that we were about to see Thursday on Thursday night football, Steelers and Patriots, and you can't help but to wonder about what it used to be, what it was. And to me today, that was the big thing that I thought about of this matchup. Yeah, Mike, right off the bat, Corey almost gets locked into the Steelers facility that DK says, I don't know what happened with DK, in Ramon yesterday, what I can tell you is here on the South Side Beat, as we are every Monday through Friday from 3 to 3.30-ish Eastern here on DK Pittsburgh Sports, it's 3 o'clock. That means the microphone's hot. That means the camera's live. That means even if Chris Halleck is a little bit late when he texts me 20 seconds before showtime, that he's going to be about five minutes late. We keep going. We keep it moving. So Chris will join us soon. My name, of course, is Corey And The day before the Steelers and the Patriots kick it off on Thursday night football at Ackershire Stadium, color rush, gold end zones and all. And yes, B-Phil, it is something that I'm here. So get it out of the system now. Chris will be here soon. Mike, that's what happened. It's not throwing under the bus. That's simply what happened. Mike says throwing Chris under the bus. That's not what happened. And let me tell you something. I don't want to throw too many people under any buses, ever. But let's start talking about Steelers and Patriots as far as a game flow perspective. And to me, I think the big story, in this game at least, you know, regardless of season outlook and regardless of season implications, is that this matchup used to have so much juice and so much steam and so much pop and sizzle. And you used to salivate, regardless if you're a fan of either team used to salivate overseeing Steelers versus Patriots at Ben Heights Field or Akersher Stadium or even up in Gillette at Foxborough. This matchup used to be cream of the crop in the NFL. And just looking at this thing nationally, it almost feels like it's a barn burner, back burner, like a labor, so to speak that this matchup is going to be on primetime television. And I just think that's such a harsh sign of the times. And I want to get Chris's thoughts and I want all of your thoughts as well here as we're live on YouTube about the state of this matchup and maybe some of the memories of Steelers and Patriots of years past. Now, two Hall of Fame coaches that are still there, Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, obviously a couple of Hall of Fame quarterbacks are gone, meaning Tom Brady, Tom Brady, and Ben Roethlisberger, this is not going to be that. This is going to be Mitch Trubisky and Bailey Zappi, or Mitch Trubisky and Mac Jones, or Mitch Trubisky and Malik Cunningham, of all people. And this is not your father's Steelers Patriots, as we finally will welcome in. You good, man? Oh, where is he? There he is. You good? Yeah. You good? Good to go. All right. Welcome in. Chris Halleck is here. We're going back to status right. quo. Going back to status quo, Chris. So Chris Halleck joins us about three minutes late. That's okay. Sometimes it happens. I'm do- I do uh, it too. I do it too. It's okay.
1: This uh this wasn't even work-related. Uh just errands, man. That they, they they don't they can't predict the traffic, man. Can never no, you cannot. Traffic. Somebody
0: actually called Dallas traffic. Hold on, let me go up. Here in the con- there it is. Mike says stuck in Dallas traffic. There you go. Yeah. It's a, it's a thing, man.
1: It's wow. a thing. Still not. It's still not the worst uh, worst traffic in Texas. I'll, I'll put it that way. Houston's mm. worse.
0: Interesting. Interesting. So Houston's Chris, worse. the lead of the show today for me, and and you, it's indicative by the title of the show, not what it once was. Yeah. Steelers Patriots back in you <laughs> know, whatever day yeah. you, whatever day you want to go back to, right? Yeah. We're talking Bill Belichick, Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick. Bill Cowher, even and and Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger. This used to be a banger.
1: um, The first, the first game I actually think about of of like the the beginning of Steelers Patriots, and and this is um this just might even be just showing my age, but it's the '96. um, I think it's divisional playoff. Um, It was the year after the Steelers lost the Super Bowl to the Cowboys, and then they went to Foxborough and played. Uh, and I think they got beat like 28 to three or something like that. It, it was not a pretty game. It was, it was an, like, I remember ugly weather.
0: Yeah. Uh, and,
1: and it was like, not like ugly, like snow, like you would expect for, for new England that time of year, it was like, like rain or fog or something like that. But I, I go all the way back there. Then obviously early two thousands, you know, with the, with the loss in the AFC championship to one. And then obviously Ben's rookie year, they go 15 and one. They end up losing the AFC championship there. Um, the one Super Bowl that the Steelers won under Bill Cowher. I'm uh, not, not, sorry, not under Bill Cowher, under Mike Tomlin. It was the year that Tom Brady uh, tore his ACL. So mm-hmm. didn't have to face the Patriots that year. I mean, they did. They played them in the regular season, but they, you know, embarrassed them as, you know, they, they should have. And yeah. uh, But didn't have to play Tom Brady that year. Um, so, yeah, it's not, it's not like that anymore. Now you've got Mitch Trubisky versus Bailey's... <laughs> Bailey zappy. That's right. Um,
0: zappy makes us happy. Oh. You know? Yeah, that's what this is. That's ugly. Historically, by the way, this series is about as even as you can get without it being actually even. New England 18-16-0 mm-hmm. advantage in this series. And the Patriots have won three of the last four. Um, and look, of course, going to the, to the Roethlisberger and Brady years, I mean, that's what – I remember the most fondly are yeah. all of these matchups that like, Oh yeah. It was just AFC championship feel every time these two teams faced each other. And like I said, before you got on, it's a sign of the times. It's a really damning sign of the times where these two teams are, you know, at least new England, you know, new England's a bottom feeder in this NFL right now. And now there's conversation about how does the split of bill Belichick and Robert Kraft actually happen? Yeah. Uh, because let's be honest, Belichick, you know, talk about a hostage situation. Belichick could sit on that chair forever. And if he's fired in a really bad way that makes Robert Kraft look bad, then that's going to paint the Patriots in a bad light. Robert Kraft does not want to do that. But also there's a respect level for Bill Belichick of Mm -hmm. this guy has been arguably the greatest coach in NFL sports history. One of those two levels. And, And how do you make this exit go on? And I think, that some fans feel that ire towards Mike Tomlin. I don't necessarily feel that way, but I think some people feel the ire towards Mike Tomlin of there's appreciation for what he's done. There's appreciation for building championship level football for a significant amount of time. And then there's some people that are on the train of let's get a change in direction. So I find that angle kind of fascinating as well.
1: Uh, Lyle brings up a good, a a good point. I think it's a a topic of discussion at least, you know, it says, Lyle says this game will be which coach is better. Um, I definitely think that that definitely plays a role um, for sure. Uh, I think that plays a role in just about every game. Um, but I don't necessarily think it just comes down to coaching. Um, when Deontay talked this week and he talked about, um, you know, taking the, taking the Cardinals lightly and they were – I mean, he made it sound like that the preparation during the week wasn't wasn't any different. Right. That nothing felt different during the week. But when they showed up on Sunday, it did feel different. Now, how much of that is on the coach? Right. I mean, how much of that is on the coach? How much of that is on the players? Because, you know, I I don't I don't like pinning it all on the coach whenever a team doesn't show up. I I really don't like because the players still got to make plays. You know, you can talk about, well, the coach has to have his players ready. Well, you know what? These players are competitive players, too, and they got to they gotta see, they got to recognize even right away, oh, Cardinals are playing with a little bit more hop in their step than we were expecting. We got to step it up. It's not on Mike Tomlin to hold their hand or whoever the coach is. I'm not, this isn't just a Mike Tomlin thing. This is across all of sports, really. It's not on the coach to hold their hand and, and to say, hey, listen, you know, you these guys are playing hard. You got to play hard, too. Players ought to, ought to know that, ought to recognize that.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, and so I, I do think it also comes down. On, and if you don't think that this week the Steelers paid extra attention to detail after that kind of a game that that they put uh, on, on, on film last Sunday, um, man, <laughs> uh, I would bet very, very strongly that there was a lot more attention to detail uh, as much as you possibly can on a short week. Uh, So I I think it's also on which team makes the less amount of mistakes, and that encompasses coaching, that encompasses player execution, that encompasses a lot of different things. I really do think that games like these do end up coming down to who makes the least amount of mistakes. Not just like an don't turn the ball over, but don't commit illegal formation penalties, you know, different little details like that.
0: Yeah, don't do all the dumb procedural crap that they did on Sunday against the Cardinals. Now,
1: I mean, limit your missed throws, limit your dropped passes, yeah. don't fumble the football. Uh don't, you know, don't don't have your pass protection uh, screwed up, make sure you have your assignments right. Uh everything like that, you know. Um yeah, it's all those little stuff who makes the least amount of mistakes typically wins this type of a game.
0: That's right. And and that's one thing that if a Bill Belichick team is going to face you, Very rarely do they make those kind of errors. Very rarely will a Bill Belichick team have the comedy of errors that the Mike Tomlin team on Sunday had. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this league is as, what have you done for me lately as it gets? Which is why, if you're you're a fan of the Steelers and you're looking at this team and you're looking at all of the pre-snap penalties and all of the mistakes that get cleaned up in the preseason and in weeks one and two, you have to, like, that's to me a discouraging point about this matchup. And going against the Belichick team, talent's one thing, and not having Tom Brady and having Juju and Devontae Parker and all of these, like, retread, like, probably should be wide receiver threes as wide receiver ones, and having banged up Ramondre Stevenson and the ghost of Ezekiel Elliott. Like, having all of that to me as a talent deficiency can be made up for from playing clean football and playing football that is on a desired level for week 14 now of the NFL season. So the reason why I went on the, I guess, diatribe that I went on on Monday and why I was still feeling a little bit, not really down about things, but I guess I wasn't ready to pick up and say that the Steelers are going to definitively go into Pittsburgh, go into Accresure, excuse me, win this game. Mm -hmm. was because they still have to clean all that stuff up i need to see improvement on that part and when you have a matchup like this against a buttoned up team they may not be talented as far as offensive personnel is concerned but they're going to be buttoned up yeah i did Mm -hmm. turn into a shark there freak but i think i made good points when i went back and listened to it i think i made some good points because there's stuff that you just can't do Mm -hmm. as as a playoff contender in week thirteen of the season, there's just things you cannot afford to do, and that's ended up what they did. So, you know, going forward, they're going to paint the end zones gold. They're going to wear Color Rush. They're going to try to <laughs> dress differently, so to speak, in order to dress differently. If hey. you know what I mean. And and we're going to see what these what these corrections and what these changes are actually going to be.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm. I, I don't anticipate. Um, I, I don't anticipate. A lot of again, a lot of changes just because, um, you know. Again, it's a short week. Uh, you already, you know, we've already talked about, especially on the offensive side. You can't uh, overhaul the the offense, and then on a short week, your your game plan, your playbook is pretty limited anyway. Um, so, for as limited as the Steelers' offense is, it's going to be even more limited on, on on this kind of a game. So, it really will come down to execution, how well they. Uh, Brent, giving out some memberships, uh, mm-hmm. take one, say thank you, uh, tip your cap. Um, join us. Green. Appreciate it. Heck yeah, man. Turn that name
0: um, green. Thank you. Re-
1: really interesting. Uh, I've seen a couple people bring this up now. So uh, I don't have a definitive answer for this, but Teresa says, you know, why don't we blitz anymore since LeBeau left? Um, part of that is um, uh, evolution of the league. Um typically when it, when you talk about blitzing um nowadays there's with the way the pass concepts are, are called nowadays it, it's more about the way the league is trending it's it's more about getting to the quarterback with the least amount of players possible um which the steelers do pretty well i mean they're not leading the nfl in sacks but you know outside of you know, leading up to these past two seasons, you know, before 22, the Steelers were leading the league in sacks like every year. Um, I do think that um, I, I'm not I'm I'm not a fan of Terrell Lawson's defense to to be, you know, overall, I don't think he's as bad of a coordinator as Matt Canada was, um, but. That's pretty much the, the thought behind it. Um, I can't, you know, speak for Terrell Austin and Mike Tomlin for why they do it, but this is not just a Steelers thing. Um, you know, there are the teams that blitz more, uh, you know, blitz a high percentage of the time. Um, they, uh, those those teams are not as, yeah, I mean, Louis says, uh, the B, I'm assuming the Bengals. You know, I don't know, Browns. Bl- I don't the, know. Bra- the Browns, uh, blitz, blitz, uh, Kenny. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, some teams will do that. Um, but they won't do it all the time. You know, again, like the, the, the trend in the NFL right now is get is get to the quarterback with the least amount of players possible. Because if you do that, that's more players that you have in coverage. You're, you know, closing up zone uh, windows and zone coverage. Um, yeah, it, just, it makes things harder for the quarterback to, to read. And what you're hoping is, is that the coverage is good enough to make the quarterback hold on to the ball longer, which gives your four guys more time to get to get to the quarterback.
0: Right. Uh, a, a question here from I Am Happy, who asks, is Miles Jack playing Thursday? And uh, I'll reiterate, I believe this was discussed in brief yesterday. Mm-hmm. That depends on the status of a Landon Roberts. And as of right now, Landon Roberts on two estimated reports. He went from a DNP on Monday to unlimited on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And now of course, Monday, they did not practice. So it was another estimated report. And yesterday was only a walkthrough on the South side. So there's real no, there's no real practice tape, so to speak, that was put on today on this week. And if Roberts was going to practice Monday or Tuesday, that's what he would have done. He would have not practiced on Monday and would have been limited Tuesday. Now, yesterday, uh, after the after that walkthrough on the south side, Roberts considered himself to be questionable. Now, mm. an official injury report has not come out today as, as of this moment. So that will have the injury designations for tomorrow
1: when that, on when, it. When that comes out today, yeah.
0: Right, right. Now, Roberts hasn't said, you know, one way or another, he considered himself questionable. If Roberts is made inactive, if Roberts is made inactive, there's a chance that Jack could be elevated mm. from the practice squad but it's going to be more likely Michael Walker, Blake Martinez, and Mark Robinson in in that rotation at the inside linebacker.
1: Yeah, I would think that, that, and that's probably the best way to go. Again, you're talking about Michael Walker and Mark Robinson, uh, who, you know, Michael Walker has at least played, you know, in this defense for a couple games now. Mark Robinson uh, was the number four (laughs) at the beginning of the season, so he was already the first guy behind, Cole Holcomb, Quan Alexander, and Alan Roberts. And so um uh, you know, you know, Milk says Miles Jack is good, one on him. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that he he retired. He's not in shape. Uh, yeah, I mean you are talking shape, about guy, yeah, me. you're talking about a guy who is at least not in game shape.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: he just returned to the Steelers practice squad, what, two weeks ago? Something like that. It wasn't that long ago. I mean, you're that should be your least your that should be your last option right now when it comes to inside linebacker. And it's not because Miles Jack isn't a good linebacker or wasn't a good linebacker. It's the fact of the matter is, is that he is not in game shape. He won't be in game shape. Um, If he does get a hat tomorrow night, I don't think he's going to play a lot of snaps. I just don't. And the only way he would play a lot of snaps is if guys got hurt in front of him. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, he's going to be your last option of those four. And he should be, because again, it's not an indictment on who he was. It's everything about the, the dude retired from the game earlier this year, like in August, like not that long ago. So.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment.
1: That is a harsh lesson in business.
0: Sports is and not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I
1: didn't want to do another stomp you
0: out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, we, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah. Milk, milk then ads still better than what we have. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Like. I, you, you have to account the fact that the guy retired from football. When you retire from football, retire from anything, retire from any sport, you're getting as far removed from that as you possibly can, right? That's yeah. anybody with anything, yep. right? So Miles Jack, he was getting a pilot's license not, <laughs> not long ago.
1: He bought he a hockey
0: he, he's still a student pilot. He bought an ECHL, a A hockey team. Shout out to the Allen Americans again. He's not, he's not trying to stay in football shape. Being in – listen – you or whoever going to their local YMCA and lifting dumbbells for 20 minutes is not the same thing as Miles Jack training to play football. That is not the same thing. It it just isn't. These guys are hyper-intensive in workouts, hyper-intensive in diets, hyper-intensive in recovery and nutrition and all of that kind of stuff. And when you step away from football, you're not doing all of that again. You're probably piling down a, a plate of chicken wings and a piece of chocolate pie. You're probably doing all of that. So, yeah. like, you know, I, I just – I don't think that's necessarily the case, that Miles Jack is is currently better than Michael Walker, who's been on a practice squad, Mark Roberts, who's been – Mark, uh, excuse me, Robinson, who's been in the building, and then Blake Martinez, who, yeah, he was off the couch too, but at least he was somewhere this yeah. season before – Well, he even, was on a practice even, squad. I mean, he was, he was yeah, at least on the at Panthers least practice somewhere. squad. Like, you know, Miles Jack let, – let's be completely clear about this. Miles Jack signing here is a body. Okay. Yeah. Miles Jack signing here is a body that could play inside linebacker and that knows the defense. You know
1: what? You want to know? This is,
0: this is, this is, sorry to keep interrupting. No, this is fourth, fifth, and sixth option at this position. You have to remember that. This isn't the ideal circumstance.
1: Dude, Frank and I have the shinning or something like that because I was going to bring this up in terms of you want to know a really great example of a person who is absolutely in shape but is not in football shape? James Harrison. James Harrison. Yeah, that dude could probably lift a semi by himself if he wanted to.
0: Yeah. No. but then Miles retired in the summer. Yeah, I
1: mean, he yeah, he was with the Eagles like in training camp and preseason and everything like that. But then he retired from the game. Like he, he was, had, he, he was, was out not of football for four months. He was not in in a football complex for all of September and October. More than and, that.
0: and most of November.
1: Yeah, so and, like, and th- November. this is not a situation where you can expect Miles Jack to be in football shape.
0: Here's uh, the thing. So hey. Brian says, so Brian says Roberts with the groin isn't going to be that effective. Here's the thing. Here's the problem with that. They can, don't have a choice. You might be right, but they don't have a choice yeah, at this stage. It's true. There's no luxury anymore. Mike Conlon called this a luxury back after Cole Holcomb got hurt. Yep. He called this inside linebacker situation. It was once a luxury having Cole Holcomb, Quan Alexander, Alandon Roberts mm-hmm. as the one, two, three, at that position, because Holcomb did just about everything well. Alexander was better in coverage. Roberts, obviously, great at stopping the run. Mm-hmm. They just don't have that anymore. And now, yeah, I would argue playing Alandon Roberts at less than one hundred percent is still a better idea than playing Blake Martinez. No disrespect to him, Miles Jack or Mark Robinson. I still think yeah. that's the case. And Alandon Roberts himself said it. This is December. There's no time to look at you know, weeks ahead. They have to go now. This yeah. is now. They have to win now. And maybe the urgency is spiked because of the damning loss they took on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But regardless, it's December. We're we're five months away. Five months. Five weeks away from the season. No, not five more months. Yeah. We are five weeks away from the season ending. There is no wait. It's now. Yeah. He, if he can play, he's going to play.
1: Uh, I Steelers freak brings us up Robinson, not understanding the playbook killed them. I actually think it's not about understanding the playbook. It's more about his play recognition is not good. The, the play on that 99 yard drive. Uh, that was really an indictment for me on Mark Robinson. Um, I, I, I'm not trying to say one play defines him, but it's kind of an epitome of his game from what I see and that it was the tight end screen that they did, or I don't know if it was a tight end, but it was a screen that they did on like second and 17. It was after they had the holding penalty. They made it second and 17 and they did, they did a a, a screen, but they did a play action first. They did a play action and then they, threw, you know, did the screen to the, to the, to the opposite side of the field. And when they did the play action, the, the, the fake handoff was done for about a, a whole second, which, by the way, that's an eternity on the football field. Yeah, a whole second went by, and he's still biting on the run. Ball's already out of the quarterback's hands. You got to recognize like a lot quicker than that. Oh crap! He didn't hand it off. I got to get back over here, and because the, the the gaping hole that there that was there was it was pretty much leaving Minka one on one with this dude in space. And if Minka doesn't make that tackle, which by the way he was oversized on that because I think it was a tight end. You're asking Minka to make that tackle in space whenever you need, probably need to have a linebacker over there too. Mark Robinson could have at least gotten over there a little bit sooner to make that, a, instead of it being like a 14 yard gain or whatever it was, maybe it's a nine yard gain or maybe it's an eight yard gain or a 10 yard gain and makes third down a little longer than it was. You know, you got to be able to recognize plays faster. And he just doesn't do that. Then to go along with the fact that he is, um, a heat seeking missile, but it's not a guided heat seeking missile. I mean, there's 11 warm bodies on the other side of the ball and he's just looking to hit one of them. You know, he's not looking necessarily to hit the right guy. He's just looking to hit a guy. And that just, that happens too often. Um, it's not an indictment on Robinson. He can be good in, in, in spurts, but overall play it's, it's, it's lacking. And I think, I think, the Steelers doing what they've done. I mean, again, going into the season, the depth chart was Cole Holcomb. Then Alandon Roberts and Quan Alexander were kind of 2A, 2B. Mm-hmm. And then it was Mark Robinson. Well, all three of those guys who are ahead of him are are like not, you know, if Alandon Roberts can't play, all three of those guys are out. Mark Robinson's not the top guy right now. Michael Walker is. And I would probably even say Blake Martinez is, a high, is ahead of him now. That just goes to show you what the Steelers think about Mark Robinson and the tape. Tells you why.
0: Yeah, and again, this is not the ideal circumstance that nobody can plan for. You can't plan for this kind of thing to happen when you have two year starters out for the season, and then the third one banged up going into a pivotal game against an AFC opponent. Um, somebody asked here. It was Eric asked, can make a wear the green dot? Is there a green dot rule? There's no real rule to it. Somebody just has to wear it. Meka mm-hmm. um, could wear it, mm-hmm. but I still think they want Michael Walker or Alanded Roberts." or a middle linebacker to wear. Yeah. I think um, they prefer I, I would believe if Roberts doesn't play then Michael Walker is going to wear because that's exactly what happened mm-hmm. on on Sunday when when Roberts left with his groin injury is that Mike Walker took over the green dot duties. Mm-hmm. And again, not a situation you could plan for, prepare for or anticipate. something yeah. freak that happens. It's a very low percentage chance of this kind of thing happening. Um and Steelers freak says it. The inside linebackers were bright spot, and it was an upgrade. The, mm-hmm. the roster overhaul from Omar Khan worked. Yeah, all of all of those pieces worked. It was a collectively better unit. I don't know metric wise how much better, so to speak, but it yeah. was certainly better. No, than it what, it what wasn't it was last year.
1: It wasn't like oh, that's one of the best linebacking cores in the league now. But it was, and a, a, a I would say a significant improvement over what they had last year. Mm-hmm. Um. It was just and and the really what the Steelers needed, they didn't need it to be the heart and soul of the defense. That's not where that's not where the NFL is nowadays. They just needed that that group to be better and it was better because you expected your defensive front to handle handle their their duties. Well, guess what? Cam Hayward was out has been out for you know a good, very, very big chunk of the season. Um, Mont Adams, you know got a little bit better, but, you know, still is not like you're like, oh my God, he's a monster inside. Keanu yeah. Benton has, you know, done everything he can to to get better and better and has looked really good as a rookie. But, you know, he's not quite on that level yet. He's not Cam Hayward when Cam Hayward is really, <laughs> when it came, when Cam's really going.
0: He's not on Hayward's level, but he's still been really good this year. No, he has. And I don't yeah. want
1: to take anything away from Keanu Benton. Keanu Benton has been a, a wonderful um addition and looks to be a really really good pick in the second round um kind of proving a lot of people wrong uh because I think even coming out of the senior bowl and even coming out of the combine some people were still kind of thinking of him as like a third rounder and Steelers took him in the second round and it's looking like it's a good a good one
0: yeah yeah and I mean Jim says it here they were starting to come together as a unit when injuries hit like statistically again they don't allow a lot of points but they allow quite a bit of yards and and you know, at some point when you have as many injuries as they have, I mean, make us playing with a broken hand, for God's sake. Yeah. Like, when you have that many injuries, and of course you know, looking in the back end too with Keanu Neal, let's not forget, on injured reserve, and Elijah Riley on injured reserve. So they're down a lot of options on the defense, and like, yeah, you held the Cardinals to 24. 24, theoretically, is a number that you can hold opponents to and still win games, but you don't have the offense to back it up. Steelers do not have the offense to back it up, and that's from a coordination perspective, obviously, mm. and from from just personnel perspective with Kenny Pickett being injured now, although he wasn't effective before he got injured. And then you're finding different ways to shoehorn guys in on this offense now. And it all starts with that running game. And we haven't seen an injury report just yet mm-hmm. uh, for either team on this Wednesday. But an interesting thing from yesterday was that Najee Harris was added uh, with a knee issue uh, as a DNP on the estimated report so without a without a potential huge piece of this offense, Chris, the Steelers could be leaning on Jalen Warren, Anthony McFarland and and Godwin Iguabuke uh, on yeah. Thursday. And will it depends on what Najee's status is and we'll find that out today.
1: Yeah, I I, I and I mean I'm not taking anything away from you know because I, I think I, I value Najee a little bit more than um, a good amount of fans do. Um, I think the one, two punch of Najee and Jalen, um, is the way to go, the way that they're handling the way that they're just, dis- uh, distributing the snaps, uh, right now it's almost down the middle. Um, it's not exactly 50, 50, but it's pretty darn close. Um, I, I really like that and, and missing Najee would be, would be, um, a blow to that for sure. However. This is not a game in which the Steelers, even if Najee were at full strength and Jalen were at full strength, that the Steelers should expect to be putting up 150 yards on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Patriots defense is phenomenal against the run. If you haven't seen my next opponent piece on DKPittsburghSports.com, go read it. It's at the top of the site right now. Uh, this Patriots defense is—I'm—they're uh, oh. averaging three point—they're averaging three two yards per carry. Yeah, uh, you know, you're not going to run the ball on them, and if you, if it is, if you're gonna, they're going to be the the first team this year to really do it, like really. I mean, they held Austin Eckler to 18 yards on 14 carries last week. Yep, like I, they 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 can stifle teams in terms of uh, you know being able to run the ball. So how do the Steelers move the ball tomorrow night? It's going to have to be be through the air. And this secondary, this Patriots secondary, can be thrown on now. Some people might be like, well, they're ranked 16th in pass defense. Well, that's true. However, if you kind of go you know, past and you look at some of the metrics, some of the analytics there, their EPA exp- expected points added on pass plays is fourth worst in the NFL. Um, that might mean that They've been a little fortunate too. They've had some receivers on the other on the other side of the ball drop some passes. They've had some quarterbacks who have had receivers open who have missed um, and missed some throws. That's why I'm saying this really is going to come down to execution to minimizing mistakes. When you have George Pickens running a slant over the middle and he's wide open, hit him. Yep. You know when you when Deontay you know breaks out of a breaks out of a route and he's wide open, catch it. You know um, when 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 you know when. You know, Connor Hayward or or Pat Fryermith is running a seam down the middle, and he's open. Mitch has got to hit him. You know, I, the, these are these are the time the the times where you're going to be able to have opportunities. There there should be opportunities through the air. They they're going to have to execute. Again, yeah. it's not like a terrible pass defense. It's not like the Steelers should expect to go off for 350 yards and four touchdowns. But they should be able to move the ball through the air a little bit. It should not take you know. and again all all they might need to win this game is 10 to 13 points that might be all they need because the patriots are that bad on the other side of the ball it's
0: a very low over under i'll say that much a couple of quick hits before we get out of here and you all have been awesome today mark asks 50 or option for Najee. or too soon to ask i think it's too soon to ask i I think around this i think around this time i think around this time i mean we're in year four of this I think this time next year.
1: They got no they got to make a decision this offseason. Oh, that's true that's true that's true that's true. They got to make a decision this offseason so it's not too soon. At this,
0: gotta... at this time next year we'll be reflecting on this decision and this question I think though. Like whether they do it or reflecting not. Reflecting on it, yeah. Yeah, we'll be reflecting on it. It, it. It's it's is it too soon to ask? Probably not, I guess. But I also think that you have to look at where the money's going to go and you have to look at I'm pulling options up options on the right market. Now. Yeah, you have to look at options on the market. You have to look at exactly who the Steelers could get, because I, I wouldn't anticipate Anthony McFarland, you know, Godwin Eagle come back. Like, I think Jalen Ward's pretty safely going to be here again with, with mm-hmm. one more year left on his deal. So, you know, it's not really too soon to ask from that standpoint. But again, I think a year from now, we're going to be looking at this time saying, you know, what if they did or what if they didn't? And another real quick one from I am happy uh, while Chris looks that up.
1: I'm trying he to find out uh, spot track didn't have what the what the value of the fifth uh, fifth uh, year option would be.
0: I am happy to ask, was Nick Herbig playing inside linebacker Sunday? Um, no, he was not. And Tara Lawson is very, 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 very much on the side of he is not going to play inside linebacker. Mm-hmm. That is the very, very last resort option because, number one, they like him better as an edge rusher. They, mm-hmm. they said they've been consistent with this. They like Nick Herbig on the edge, um, and he's going to get some big snaps coming up throughout these next few weeks. as the depth option, you know, obviously behind uh, T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith. So. Yeah. They like Herbig there. Number one, number two, and Austin said this on Tuesday: You don't want a rookie in the position that he's in when he hasn't been in the middle of the defense all season to step in and all of a sudden become some kind of signal caller or have to make those kind of adjustments on the defense. Playing standing off the ball linebacker versus being a pass rusher are two totally different things. It's not a it's not a you know plug and play situation. They would have to coach up Her- Herbig substantially if they were going to put him on the inside. So. That's not going to happen right now, and it's not going to happen unless they run out of bodies. Like, that's the yeah. only way it will happen is if they run out of bodies. Austin did say he likes the athleticism. He thinks he can do it. They're just not going to put him in a position to do that this late in the season.
1: One, one thing to also kind of take into account, Nick Herbig can still drop back into pass coverage. Like, he can still mm-hmm. be a guy who kind of drops into those zones occasionally, From his edge spot, Uh, for example, uh, the first uh, third down that the Cardinals converted when the Steelers went into a Tampa two defense, one of the guys who was playing underneath in those zones underneath was Alex Highsmith. He actually dropped back into that. So. Nick Herbig could be in that same position and still kind of drop back into coverage and that athleticism could come through. But it's through something that's already being coached, already being – that's already part of the defensive playbook. That's already part of how they're scheming certain guys to do certain things. Um, yeah, I, I – but in terms of making him a true off-ball linebacker, he's not been coached that way. Uh, the Steelers have not handled him that way. Trying to do a position change like that in, at this point in the season is yeah. – Not going to happen. Um, little bit of coin asked Jalen has two more years on his contract. No, this is only second year. He actually only has one more year. Yeah, that's because just really quick to kind of break it down for anybody who kind of doesn't understand you know, doesn't know first round picks, it's four years plus a fifth round option. All other draft picks, it's four years for undrafted free agents that are signed, it's three years. Yeah. So now after those four years and then after those three years, wait, is it four? I, I can't remember how many years you have to have to, to file for free agency.
0: We're both getting our years mixed up. Cause I was one yeah. year off on Najee for some reason.
1: Yeah. So first round picks it's four years plus the fifth year option. Then all other draft picks it's four years and then undrafted free agent signings are three years, but he will be a restricted free agent after signing. So the Steelers will have the option if they don't sign him to an extension to match any other team that tries to offer him. And there are different ways that you can, that you can kind of tag him or whatever, whenever, whenever he becomes a restricted free agent, either way, the Steelers still have uh, the the capability of um, keeping him, even if he, even after his three years run out and they don't give him an extension. So it is possible to do that instead of having to go full blown, we have to give him an extension.
0: Yep. Yep. All right, well, we're on to game day. Tomorrow's game day. We'll have a show at 3 o'clock, just as we always do, before I head over to the stadium. We'll do picks. We'll do all that fun stuff tomorrow. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk more about the game, obviously. We'll answer your questions as we have been. You guys all brought it today, and we greatly appreciate it. Uh, you listening live here on uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports on YouTube. DK Remote coming up in about 25 minutes on this same channel where you found this and uh, stay tuned for more on the on the dkpittsburghsports.com feed. Uh, Chris has next opponent out already. There is a 2 minute and 30 long response from Bill Belichick on TJ Watt <laughs> that is in our feed. And guess what? He gave another a second response that was 240. So over 5 minutes of content from Bill Belichick talking about TJ Watt, which is more than, you know, jokingly I say of course, Longer than just about any other press conference he's ever
1: given. I was about to say that that might be that might have been the entire press conference. The end, everything else might have been yes, yeah.
0: you know, yeah. bah humbug, you know, just <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're on to the Patriots tomorrow's game day. We'll have all the previews for you here. Oh, Stay man. tuned for DK and Ramone coming up. He's Chris Halleck, and I'm Corey Chris. And this has been the South Side Beat on a Wednesday, December 6th, 2023. Cheers, everybody. Have a good night. Thank you.